Okay. Okay. Today is August 9th, 2021. And so we'll see this recording may or may not work um, because of my speaker issue, but I think it should be fine. Oh. Okay. If not, we'll review for people briefly next week. Let's see. So where were we? We were talking about uh, recruitment and rhythmicity and uh, perception uh, in relation to the uh, different um, subpopulations in the cortex. We talked about the difference between uh, seizure, sleep, and arousal. Uh, in terms of uh, the hypersynchrony in seizure, the uh, desynchrony in arousal, and the intermediate stage in sleep, which is moderate synchrony. And uh, I was I mentioned the the uh, uh, work by Donald B. Lindsley, uh, who who explained the the change in shape of the EEG. Uh, where the, it's the arousal is characterized as uh, slow, uh, as um, low amplitude fast waves, whereas uh, sleep is high amplitude slow waves, and seizures are uh, abnormally high amplitude and very slow because it's just um, paroxysms of synchrony. And his idea was that uh, their perceptual and uh, response uh, optimal moments in terms of the uh, activity of neuronal populations uh, where and, and the activity of the neuron populations is reflected in the EEG. So the, it's the algebraic sum of, of all the graded uh, action and graded potentials. So uh, the idea is that um, in hypersynchrony, like in a seizure, uh, large, ultra large populations of neurons are all firing in synchrony and then they're quiet. And that is abnormal because then there are long periods of lack of responsiveness and lack of movement. Um, and the movements, when they occur, are all uh, spastic. They're uncontrolled and, and just gross movements. Um, and so the idea, I mean, his, his data were that uh, he showed that uh, during the alpha wave, there was an optimal speed of reaction time to a strobe light, a strobe, a single strobe flash was, was presented at various times and correlated with when a, 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 along the alpha wave, those strobe lights occurred. And the, the instruction to the people was press the, press the button as soon as you see the flash. And what he showed was that at certain at a certain phase at the peak of the alpha was when, or a little bit after, just after the, the peak of a 
and alpha wave, that was the moment of fastest reaction time. So there could be many did alpha waves. Did you say after the peak? Well, it's just from the peak and, and a little bit after, you know, a few, a few degrees, okay. the peak and a little bit after. That was, if I remember the, his diagram, uh, you know, his summary diagram accurately, it was right. I mean, but it, the point is that there's a, a, a small window during the alpha phase when reaction time is fastest. Okay, but this is like fascinating in that like, I, well, for many reasons, but one is um, like my intuition would be telling me like it would be a little bit before and then like, the peak would be like the closing off of the window. And so that, the, the, that you're actually getting the information in slightly after the window that, that there is that thickness. I don't well, know quite what to make of that, but that's- really I'll have to check. I'll have to check on the original paper as to exactly where, where the reaction time was fastest. Um, but so that was, so what, his idea was that uh, there are, there are, um, populations of neurons that gate uh, response to sensory input and uh, the motor response to that sensory input. Um, that it's not uniform in time. It's not, ran that, that, uh, it's not equally distributed in time. So if, there's, if that occurs in the alpha wave, that there's an optimal moment, and that corresponds to subsequent studies where people showed that uh, the the uh, the threshold to see a strobe flash when they adjusted the intensity uh, was uh, also corresponded to a specific phase of the alpha wave, and also that when a uniform intensity of light was flashed, there was uh, a, a greater evoked or uh, a greater evoked visual response in the visual cortex um, at the peak of alpha than to other phases of the alpha. So all those, all those lines of evidence uh, indicate that the, uh, the phase of the EEG is representing a, a change in sensitivity of a subpopulation of neurons. And what, so what, what Lindsley then extrapolated to the uh, EEG, I like the, the, that arousal is a, a low amplitude fast waves. What that really means is that you have a lot of subpopulations of neurons whose uh, who showing uh, activity peaks at different phases in relation to each other. So they're all, they're all going they're all showing this rhythmical activity, but out of phase. So when you when you take a when you have two big electrodes on on two you know measuring the entire field of all these subpopulations, they're all they're all doing their thing out of phase with each other, and that means that when you add it up out the activity algebraically, it looks like it's fast activity, but it's it, it looks like low amplitude fast activity. As opposed to if they all get in phase, then it looks like it's slow activity and high amplitude. You follow? You follow that reasoning? So mm -hmm. that's that's how he explained the change in EEG pattern. 
where it's not really fast waves, the, the, the subpopulations are going at their regular rate, at their optimal rates. But the point that they're, the fact that they're out of phase with each other makes it look like the algebraic sum is a fa much faster wave, uh, a much faster uh, EEG pattern. But it's so, not really faster. It's just they're all out of phase with each other. So it looks like very bumpy. So if I'm understanding, there's like, um, maybe it's like some something related to like the time constants for like, like neuron level integration, or maybe like bottlenecked by like the ability of like local ensembles to just to coordinate, to get there, the, to, to make sure that the messages are coming in within the, uh, the, the window where of, the action of, potentials can keep exactly. going. So, so the idea, that's not arousal, changing. So during arousal, there, there's a, 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 a differentiation of all these different subpopulations um, so that they're all out of phase with each other. But that means that they, the uh, some at any moment, some subpopulation is responsive to input and to output optimally. We, you have an opportunity in time for optimal responsiveness and, uh, and uh, you know sens sensitivity and response at some uh, you know from some pop some subpopulation as opposed to during sleep, which is like an intermediate stage where it's uh, the law there's a lot of synchrony among the uh, among this the subpopulations so it looks like they're they're uh they're going there's much slower activity and much higher in uh, uh higher intensity it, so, but but there's less moments of optimal responsivity so um so a few things um Okay, so we're having like this um, hierarchy of scales of sensitivity for neuronal populations, moving up from uh, uh, slower seeming because um, there's more populations in sync. Right. And so they're establishing these like synchronization manifolds, these coordination regimes, uh, uh, big signals evolving slowly but then as you move to something like uh but the his point wait, wait, beta, wait, let me let me let me stop you let me yeah. stop you for a moment yeah. because the actual activity of any subpopulation is about the same regardless of whether it's during arousal or during sleep Be, the, the their individual intensity of activity is about it remains more or less constant. It's just that it's a the the appearance of the amplitude and speed of the and frequency of the EEG just appears to change because of the uh, the, the the amount of uh, differentiation into different phase relationships. But you, the neurons themselves and the local the neurons, populations the, the are still operating at the within same, like within yeah. their within their range. They don't that so it's just it's really a question that makes some of, sense because like neurons expect them to be pushed like pretty close to like optimality criteria for signaling. And and like they're not gonna be able to probably like 
while there could be like some mode shifts with things like neuromodulation, you're not going to be moving too far from this like optimal ability to generate action. That's right. They, stay in, they stay in their optimal range of, of uh, sensitivity and responsiveness. And it's just a question of, of how many different, how many subpopulations are uh, out of, I mean, how many uh, different subpopulations are there at any moment? And during arousal, there are many more uh, of these sub, uh, the, the, all these subpopulate, let's say it's the same number of subpopulations, say it's a hundred subpopulations. Uh, if they're all firing at the same time, you have a slow wave, a, a large amplitude slow wave. If they're all out of phase with each other, then you, it looks like it's a, a, a low amplitude fast wave. When you so, look at the overall EEG, because you're taking a pop, the activity of the, of the entire population. So it's just a question of a, a shift in, in, in the, the uh, synchrony among all these subpopulations. So would this be consistent um, So with what you're saying? I've been um, thinking, I think I, I got this um, from, from Butsaki initially, but this idea of a kind of um, inverse hierarchy of the ability of synchronous complexes to form and this, uh, the rate at which you could detect oscillations. So something like you could have like a smaller population, like maybe locally, like for instance, like a, a couple neurons all nearby each other achieving synchrony at gamma. Now they'll all be in, in the way you're describing, like uh, because it's locally determined, they'll be out of sync relative to each other probably under a lot of circumstances. And so it'll be overall very low amplitude. But it, it, is there any evidence that, um, that you've seen that, there, that, that um, there's this, like, this inverse hierarchy where um, the, the larger the scope of the synchronization, it's also uh, spatially larger. But the, but the neurons themselves and their, their rates, they're not changing. But the ability to coordinate has this that's, inverse that's relationship. That's exactly right. Yeah, that's okay. exactly the point. Yeah. So, um, and and good. So okay, I'm getting so, it. So 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 the the uh, difference between uh, the appearance of of theta and alpha and gamma is really reflecting uh, the degree of synchrony in different systems, in different neural systems that are doing their you know they're performing different things. Uh, during, like in the rat, during exploratory sniffing behavior, uh, that's that's theta. So that's the you know the hippocampal and 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 what the whole hippocampal system and interactions. Uh, during alpha, it's a different set of uh, optimal um, uh, function, different functions. And so, because like you're establishing, like, and from what you're saying, like alpha is actually. Uh, well-tuned to be there for attentional selection. So the strobe is coming in and that strobe, um, when it's at the upstate or near the peak of alpha, you register it. And so um, alpha, alpha seems to be well po um, poised to be at this sort of level where you can basically attend to something with perception uh, and, and, and be aware of it. Visual, visual. Yeah, visual. So. Um, at least, I mean, at least visual, maybe, I, I mean, it, but it's not only visual, it's also the, the reaction time, you know, so it, it's, it's the visual 
inf information uh, uh, telling the motor system to to react. And so so and this the, is linking it to action too. So this is not link, just link it's not action. just registering visual, but this is also visual. In, uh, also, in in uh, it's the perception occurring in a way that it can be linked to action. It can be linked to action. Yeah. But, but the question that would, um, am I correct that the the actions though themselves um, they tend to evolve slower at theta frequencies? Like that is the act. Like no, no, I don't think you should. I, I don't think you no. should attribute. I don't think you should attribute. Uh, only motor to theta, because no, I the because because so every alpha theta, window can also, be linked I, to the motor system. During, every during alpha theta, wait during theta. There's also um, it's paying attention to olfactory and tactile input. So so it's it's different systems optimally tuned. I mean, in other words, the throughput from the visual system to say the, the finger system, the That's finger motor true. system is optimal at the peak of, of alpha. So that means that the, whatever the subpopulation is that, um, mm. that, that generates the alpha wave, whatever that subpopulation is, it is, uh, 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 it, it's, it's uh, the throughput from the visual system to the motor, at least the hand system, the finger system, the, fing oh. the motor finger is is optimal at the peak of the alpha. So when those when those the, when the neurons in, that generate the alpha are optimally uh, active, it's not only optimal sensitivity to light, which it is, the threshold is lowest to in, incoming light, but also, the throughput of the visual input out to the finger motor mm -hmm. is also uh, optimal. Lowest okay, so this is this is important for me to uh, update on. So, um, alpha at every point you're getting this sort of um, uh, I don't mesoscale but optimal coupling of perception and action, but. And it's not that you have to wait for theta to get to action, but it's actually right. a broader, richer zone of integration on the level of perception and action. So maybe like more, uh, if you want to say intentional or something like this, um, uh, but 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 um, a, a more complicated integration on perception and action would be uh, involving more things being brought together, more multimodal, more uh, uh, complexly determined action. But like alpha at every point is this opportunity for optimal coupling between perception and action and maybe involving like uh, faster, well, it would be faster, but like um, almost more, almost more like reflex arc, like, but like yeah. higher level. Yeah. yeah. You're establishing a reflex arc. But it's not at all moment. It's only a at, at, at an optimal phase. At peak, at peak at alpha. Peak. Yeah. So, uh, um, so, okay, so it's, and now theta, it's the same principle with theta, but mm -hmm. it's using paying attention to different stimuli. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's utilizing the activity in a different system, a different set of requirements for the for the organism, for the brain, different different uh, a different set of sensory and motor sensory input and motor output. So it's it, 
That's what I mean. It's, so it, it represents the activity in, a, in different systems. And the gamma is probably uh, uh, en enables, it's like a, a, a super arousal because then you have uh, many more subpopulations all out of phase with each other and all able to respond differentially, but maybe within a certain, uh, maybe there's an underlying alpha and theta uh, process going on, but it's just that the gamma is giving more, enabling more subsystems in the brain to all get their, in, their information in uh, for a particular response. But there's a kind of cross-frequency coupling at play there is. even though they're out of sync um when you're trying to bring things to, so in a way this this is reminding me of like uh like singer and like early work by like christoph and cock where they were just talking about the gamma but what you're talking about is basically a, a hierarchy of binding of increasingly complex things so like yeah, when you're I getting to so even though they're out of sync yeah, you have these opportunities for richer and richer binding as you're moving from gamma i think beta what, to I mean, alpha. okay okay here here's my working hypothesis with no evidence but I would, I, my hypothesis is that whatever systems are involved in um, generating alpha, mm -hmm. or generating theta, whatever, whatever neural system is involved in generating theta. Hippocampal, enterhinal, probably especially. Whatever. Okay. Yeah. Whatever, plus whatever system is involved in generating alpha, the thalamocortical, okay? plus whatever system is involved in generating gamma, that all those systems and whatever they do, whatever they're specialized to do when it's in pure, in pure form, you know, if it's pure alpha, pure theta or pure gal gamma, you know, something, there are these more pure states, certainly. Okay. But uh, I would say my working hypothesis is that all, all those systems are working simultaneously. We just can't, the noise, our, our measurements can't measure, can't differentiate it, but I would bet that they're all going at the same time. So that the, the gamma, if the gamma is going at say 40 per second and the, uh, the alpha, is, is, or say the, the, the okay, the gamma is going at 40 per second, the theta is going at four per second, say. That's the low frequency. Let's say it's 40 and four. That means that there could be 10 different subsystems in the gamma, uh, in the gamma system feeding information into the alpha. theta system, into the yeah, theta alpha. system. Well, then it could be uh, if 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 if, uh, if like alpha are they packaged via like a, like an alpha envelope or no wait wait if it it's it's feed the the gamma at forty per second feeding into the alpha at say ten per second is giving four inputs per alpha uh, wave four different. Four different systems can be providing information to the alpha system because the gamma is going four to ten times as fast, and it's going uh, uh, 
for going from 40 to four, well, not, no, that's 10 times. Wait, for going, mm -hmm. it's going, it's four, the, the gamma is going four times as fast as the alpha and it's going 10 times as fast as the theta. So it's, it can be providing um, uh, uh, four bits of information, uh, four different system inputs to the alpha at each, at each moment or at each, say, given the same uh, chunk of time. Mm -hmm. It can be giving four different system inputs to alpha and 10 different system inputs into theta. Mm -hmm. into whatever the theta system is doing and whatever the alpha system. So the gamma can be feeding in much faster information or information gathered at much smaller intervals in time. Yet made co coherent via this hierarchy of scales of integration where this, the upstates are being achieved over different scales providing, um, even though the gamma will be out of sync, it can then come into uh, a different synchronization. Uh, it, can, it can provide rhythm. input. It can mm -hmm. provide input into the other, into the alpha and the theta systems. So in addition to like, so, so it seems like we might have like both centralized sources that are acting in a slightly like they're tuned to be pacemakers. Uh, but you're also getting uh, from what I'm gathering from what you're saying, a kind of distributed emergent, I mean, it's all immersion, but, but this one, like more distributed, more emergent sources of these oscillations, and they could potentially couple or influence each other. So like the idea would be like, I'm, I'm, you might have like, yeah. like, like, like hippocampal enterhinal itself just being well-tuned to respond to theta, to generate theta. But also that from what you're describing, there could be another source of theta that's just coming from the way that like the brain as a whole is tuned in terms of getting these like, um, uh emergent sources of rhythms as your inter as like like the um the 40 hertz um being the uh like for instance like alpha being emergent if these 40 hertz oscillations are being put into like theta envelopes something like this you're going to get like an alpha beat or something like that potentially like there i don't know if that quite works but the, well, well, i don't know like, what you mean by beat it's it's I think it's. I think it's the. Beat might not be the, the right word. Input and output, uh, you know, the throughput from from input to output. The, if you if you think of it in terms of throughput, that uh, there that the the uh, the way these uh, theta, alpha, and and gamma are really representing uh, uh, neural uh, subgroups that um, are, uh, that have at, at, the, at, at the peak of their activity, they have the highest likelihood of generating an output. Or if they, they could be, their, their, their sensitivity could be increasing. The, the more, the, uh, I mean, it's really, the, 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 more, the more synchronized they are, which is generating up to the peak, the more synchronized they are, if you have, uh, they're always responsive. But if they're more, the more synchronized they are, if there's an, out, an input that comes in at the peak, that means that they're, they're all ready to fire out. They're all ready to give an output at the peak. So the, 
you know, they can, they can respond to input at any time, but the fact that you have a, a, a subpopulation all becoming uh, more and more synchronized in their sensitivity to input, which is true because that's when, you know, at the peak of the alpha, you get the highest evoked potential. So uh, that means that they're all, those units are all sensitive, but when they're, when they're all firing together, the response, the, 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 the uh, sum of their response is greatest. And so what's the, fun, what's the purpose of the sum of the response? The, the sum of the response is an output. So that's when, they, that's when they can generate an output to a different system, so to someplace else. Bringing together enough forms of information that you have like more reliable inferences, more uh, uh, or, or just like richer um, combinations of sense data, but also um, the output being both like, okay, uh, uh, this is what we think is happening, but also this is what we think at some level we ought to do. And this can be like either at the level of a reflex arc, something like alpha, or it could be at the level of, um, uh, or maybe the refresh rate of consciousness, or it could be a theta, a more like the animal moving to a place or whisking or like well, not, in a direction. Not only that, but not only moving, but um, computing, what is the meaning of the olfactory input in conjunction? With what is the meaning of the tactile input? Uh-huh. And, and so, so, and, and so uh -huh. what? Is it is it going to uh is it going to elicit uh chewing to because you it, it identifies a piece of food from the odor and the touch? Or is it going to elicit continue if if it if it doesn't switch over into eating because it's not the correct input, then it's it just continues exploring. So so, so the olfactory input. Make, makes the difference between a rock and a, and a piece of food. So uh, the olfactory input switches over to the chewing output. And so the, 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 the slower the zone of integration, the more things that can enter the mix, exactly. the, more infor the more informed the decision can make. So that's, let's say like, exactly, that's right. The smell you're trying to determine like what ought I to do given, or what, how ought I to feel or think or whatever, given what I'm smelling, you're going to want to get in enough causes, enough forms of information that you can create a meaningful organismic response. That's right. And so this is, so you're going to want to, and so there would be certain things like, and it may be, um, it may be yeah. I, what you're saying. It may be that the olfactory system has so many different olfactory sensors that there are so many different possible odors mm -hmm. that it takes a long time to, to figure out which, I mean, relatively long time to figure out what is the meaning of this, of this particular, of this particular odor, as opposed to all the, all the other million, or the, or the million other odors, all the other million um, uh, odor sensors in the olfactory bulb. So and maybe so maybe it's uh, it's more complicated to make a decision about an olfactory input than it is to make an uh, uh, an input about a, a visual system or or maybe uh, yeah, you know you, you, they can all be all kinds of speculations that the and then maybe the gamma is is only it's only the information provider it's only saying you know this is this is responding to this 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 and this. You know, and you do, you know, here- Just here, the observations, here, the, the, just the facts. Here's the report. 
now you do now you integrate it and and make some decision based on it just give me all the details uh don't try to get fancy at gamma that's we, right we, don't we get fancy don't, later yeah the gamma is not respond is not involved in in directly in the motor system in a motor response that so, you need other systems to do that it's just it's just the it's telling you what it sees it's a photograph of the of the environment it's all the pixels of the environment of the picture of the environment so with theta um you were describing and this is so i was initially thinking in terms of like the affordance of the animal and like the actions rather like what would be required for a coherent uh, evolution of action perception cycles that would make sense given the meaning of something like olfaction but you're also saying uh there's a constraint from potentially the sensory discrimination task itself yeah. and like for instance like the rate of diffusion of odorants could cause them to get mixed together that it's just a challenging problem that you need a little bit more time to come to a meaningful decision exactly and so, Exactly. And so it's not that there's like one act like true story here, but it's these multiple intersecting constraints that are playing off each other of what the like negotiated optimal type of rhythm for integration might be. It's like going to be so there will be like a constraint of like when like sort like uh, uh, factory related sources of theta, there will be some constraint of what it takes to coherently um, smell. Uh, but there's also going to be constraints of what you want to do with the information. And there also is going to be constraints of what systems need to be involved. And these are all sort of mutually determining the optimum, which exactly. you're going to be tuned to. Is that okay? Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly, that's exactly uh -huh. what I mean. Yeah. And, and so oh, you got to go soon, right? Uh, oh, yeah, um, in a few minutes. So um, for a couple of things before I forget. So um, so one, I want to talk about the, our, so we have so much to cover. Uh, so one thing I want to talk about is why I was slightly surprised at if the timing of the window of sensitivity is slightly after. And the other thing I want to uh, do is like uh, discuss basically the, the connection to orgasm as a kind of quasi epileptiform process and what this also might tell us about consciousness. But so I guess to kind of go to like the in the weeds a bit, because Francis, you're talking about like this um, uh, because you know, like you know, I think it was 2013 or 2011 was your paper, where you first like put that idea out there, that like orgasm is a kind of quasi, a, a, a mostly benign quasi seizure. Like, yeah, but maybe, maybe, um, yeah, but maybe, maybe um, it's it's the uh, that's what gives it the intensity of perception the perceptual intensity um but i mean i think that's a conversation for next week oh yeah so i just I'm, i want to move bring, okay bring, let's, let's, okay bring that bring that let's let's yeah. let's because because there's things also like, about that. like for instance like um, i'm wondering i'm going to talk later about like uh the apparently reliable signal of like 10 hertz rectal contractions and for instance that's like right around alpha and so I'm wondering, is there like a feedback loop? Like, is that an interesting signature based on what we're talking about in terms of that perceptual intensity? Is part of it that like the, the smooth muscle, the, 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 the these, these burst modes of the generators? I think is, is there also, like, yeah. I, I think there's also an eight per second contraction of the, uh, 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 during ejaculation, if I remember correctly. I think there's eight per second um 
isn't it? From from the Kinsey, from, no, no, from Masters and Johnson. I think they measured uh, contraction of maybe bubble cavernosis muscle. Okay, so that's I think really fascinating. Eight, I think eight per second. So very low, very low alpha. Or, or high theta. Or high theta. Or so that's well, maybe really that's a, maybe 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 the, the point of convergence between low alpha and high theta has significance because that's that's where the two that's an optimal communication between the two different systems at eight per second. Mm. Okay, so that's okay. That's important because the theta um, can definitely go up to nine. I've so measured I that in rats. I was just treating like these like zones where it's like there is something that's just confusing to me. And I was oh. wondering if that's actually confusing to the brain too. But no, you're actually no, saying this might be getting, an optimal coupling point. It's like it's like a, a like a transmission in a car for Christ's sake. It's it's I mean getting the getting two different okay. It's a, when you shift gears, you have to get the two different the two different uh speeds gear speeds have to be synchronized to make to make the shift you have to get the gears uh going and you know they have to both be they both have to be on in order to go from one to the other you're ready to go from one to the other so maybe that's what happens at orgasm that, or yeah when, when you know what happens when there's convergence between the alpha and the theta rates there must be something unique going on in the brain something new is facilitated because it's like the it's just the it's it's the point where you can make the shift between uh say first and second gear i'm viewing this as like a royal road into basically understanding what aspects of neural syntax and biophysics really related very much to the hard problem and that like like yeah. if orgasm is this like peak perceptual vividness and then there's like these signatures of co um, coordination along different rhythms I, I think this is probably going to be a hugely valuable source of information about like the actual biophysical processes that allow for perceptual synthesis because we know that one of the most in intensely vivid percepts that people have access to we we know this is a climax yeah and so so maybe what that's where yeah. that's where the two the two systems those two systems are linked. So uh, they're 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 firing in unison at 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 eight per second, and that's and that's where the uh, the the uh, the the bulbal cavernosis contractions are generating proprioceptive input. But I mean, I'm wondering if it's like this, like basically through like you're both generating it, but you mentioned like if the signal comes in in phase with the upstate, you also register it more and it right. generates a stronger evoked potential. Exactly. So you're getting like, so the positive feedback, like, so that's you right. came at this, we came to this kind of interesting, like I had like a, a kind of cheat sheet that like my, uh, eh, we'll get into this later, but, um, so, so but the, you get this positive feedback loop between entrainment and attention where the more you can uh so so when the rhythms are in phase it's like you're i'm wondering if like it's, it's the most intense one if like you're generating right at around alpha these uh or or high theta these pulses of um coordinated sensation coming in but those are the very things that are driving the effectors too. exactly it's the optimal Boom. input output 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whatever, so the one, okay. Yeah. I want to let you get to your next meeting. I really have to, no, I, I really have to go. So the quick so, thing about alpha, so um, uh, synchron, well, later we'll talk about synchronizing metronomes and about windows of influencing what the rhythm is that they negotiate with yeah. relation to things, but we'll get yeah, to no, I, that. I, I, that was a beautiful demonstration of the, of those metronomes. It's, 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 I mean, the formal term is a, a loosely coupled oscillator. Loosely coupled oscillator. That's a, that's the formal um, scientific term in, 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 uh, in rhythm, uh, in, in rhythm uh, or, or, or frequency uh, analysis is loosely coupled oscillators. Those, those, those metronomes all going at different rates, they get themselves, they're loosely coupled. They're not, they're not direct, directly physically uh, connected. They're, they're, indirectly, they're indirectly connected by the, by the platform and they get themselves into synchrony. So next it's week, I want to spend a little bit of time at least uh, discussing loosely coupled oscillators well, that, that in zones of in, in integration windows. Okay, loosely coupled oscillators is what gives the the uh, appearance in the EEG of arousal. So I'm going to want to poke at that and get, get a little and, bit more into the. And then that when week. they get when they get synchronized, that gives the appearance of theta or alpha. That's that's the idea of the loosely coupled oscillators. The subsystems in the brain. Are they're all firing like the metronomes? They all have their rhythm, but they can become coupled under certain circumstances, and that's what we see. When, I mean, when the rat is paying attention, when it has to make a decision of whether to jump off the table or not, that's when you see the strongest theta. So this, you know, it's some. There is a There's something going on, you know. It, it is, so, anyway, to be continued next week. Really, I, I really have to go. It's a hard, next, a hard, a hard, uh, hard stop. Looking forward to next week. <laughs> Me too. Okay, thanks. Take care, Adam. Me too.